I'm so grateful um, for the Word of God, and thank you also for braving the front bench. I, I am, I'm encouraged. It reminds me of a um, time, and it was down in uh, South Carolina during the prison crusade at Kirkland Correctional. This was years ago. I remember being there, and we were set up in the visitation room, and the inmates had, uh, they had those, um, I don't know, I call them um, um, outdoor chairs. They're, they're like the plastic um, uh, chairs with uh, armrests on them, and they, they had those set up there in the, in the visitation room. And, and I noticed that um, it, was, it was probably about 10, 15 minutes into preaching, this inmate, he was sitting about right there, he, uh, he, he pulled his legs up and he sat there the rest of the service like, like Indian style, I guess you call it. Like he had him, he had him crossed and kind of sat on his, and it, it just, it looked really awkward. And of course, I, I wasn't going to stop and ask him why he's doing it. Uh, but afterwards, he, and it was just a wonderful service. God moved in a marvelous way. And, and afterwards, he, he was one of the first ones that came to me. And, and in fact, he was at the altar. And after dismissal, he came over to me and he said, man, thank you, and, and we're just saying what, what God was doing in his life. And, and then he said, you probably wondered why I sat the way I did. I said, well, I did kind of, but it's not, money, it's not any of my business. He said, well, the reason I did is you were stepping all over my toes. <laughs> and I said, well, I was aiming for your heart, brother. And so uh, in case, um, so I bless you for sitting on the front row. Uh, you might uh, know, if you feel like your toes get stepped on, it, just talk to the Lord about it. It's, it's not about, yeah, you know what you mean. I, you know what I mean. Uh, but so grateful. Turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 23, if you will, tonight. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 23. We want to look at several uh, questions here tonight to begin with. Jeremiah chapter uh, 23. Love to hear those pages. Jeremiah 23, verse 23 and verse 24, the verses are also on um, the screen, or on the wall, rather. Jeremiah 23, verse 23 and verse 24, the beginning text here tonight. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places? Can we say those words together tonight? Secret places. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? The secret places of our life. Tonight I want to specifically talk about two of them. There could be more. But as we look at the secret places of our life and we look at these questions, am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can he hide himself in secret places, plural, places that I shall not see him, saith? Do not I feel heaven? Do not I feel earth? Am I not everywhere all the time? Do I not see everything all the time? We know he does. We know God is everywhere present. We, got, we know God sees everything. We could never think a thought that he doesn't know that we're thinking. In fact, he knows the very motive of the thought before we even think it. What a God we serve. 
Now, there are sometimes situations in life where maybe I would rather just that God wouldn't know everything, that, that God wouldn't know my motive, why I did what I did, why I even do what I'm doing now, that, that God forbid that I have a wrong motive in, in preaching the Word, but He knows the very motive and the intent of our thought, the intent of our thinking, the intent of our being. He knows everything about us. That is a good thing. It's a good thing. To real, you know, the, 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 the scripture that was read tonight, you know, one thing that stands out to me in that at least the King James Version uses this, verse 1, David said, thou hast searched, past tense. Thou hast searched me. You've already done it, Lord. You've already searched me. Then it goes down through, and David understood fearfully and wonderfully made. He, he all of a sudden, well, the, the feeling I get from that is, is like all of a sudden, David saw who he was in him, and he closes it with, oh God, search me. When he saw who he was in his sight, he just caused, even though God had already searched him, but he again said, search me, oh God. Know my thoughts, know my ways, my heart. You know, it's a good thing to serve such an almighty God that he knows everything. Parry every thought you think, he knows. He knows the intent of it before we even think it. Wow. And we get to serve him. Wow. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. The secret places of our life. The first one is a little bit more on the negative but we want to end up on the positive uh, here tonight. Heard this quote some years ago at a family conference. It was this way, the power of sin is in its secrecy. You're going to notice as we go through uh, these verses in Scripture tonight that not, not always the word place, excuse me, the word place or places follows the word secret. It's in numerous scriptures. It's not always that those two words are together, but numerous times, sometimes they're separate as well. But the power of sin is in its secrecy. You say, well, what does that mean? How does the power of sin grip us? How does, it, how does that power grip us? You know, I believe that if we have habitual sins or things that we continue to go to and we go there often enough and stay there long enough, eventually there is a power that will grip us, but it's not the power that we want to be under because we want to be under the power of God. But that's how I believe that sometimes we unawares give ourselves, and often that happened through the secrecy of sins in our life. The secret of, you know, um, it amazes me how many times we find ourselves in these little secret sins that we don't want anybody else to know about. Just we know about it. Well, may we be encouraged tonight that someone, will, someone else will always know. He will always know. He will always know. That's a fact. He will always know. Sometimes we can hide from other people. Or, but, you know, let me, let me just talk about this briefly tonight. There's so many today that are caught in the secret sin in the church. In fact, if I would give statistics tonight, it's, 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 it's alarming how many people, Christians, born again, children of God, 
that are caught in the sin of pornography and they feel like they could never get rid of it. Feel like they're trapped. May I give you hope tonight? Um, I'm finding that usually when we find ourselves in these secret sins, whatever it is, habits, sins, pornography, smoking, drinking, drugs, all those things, you know, don't throw me out yet when I say this because I'm going to make a point with it. You know, those things are not really your issue. Think about it. Oftentimes when we find ourselves going back to the same secret sin, there is usually a deeper thing going on in our heart. And those are our go-to things to cope with so that we don't have to deal with the deeper things. You know what I find in... Um, uh, let me see what I have next. You know, our, our emotions, and we, we, we taught some of these principles in our marriage thing we had yesterday. But our emotions identify what we believe. And so, so it, it, it's often those, those things when what, I, what, what I'm finding many times in people who, who especially in the, in, in, in the sin of pornography, I, I prayed with people. I've prayed with men and prayed with young men. You know, And I, I want to encourage us, friend, the power of God in us is enough to overcome that. Uh, I got saved May of 1991, and ever since I say this, declare it into the spirit world that since I got saved, I used to dabble in pornography before that. Since that time when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the power of God in me has kept me from going there. This is not boasting in me. This is boasting in the power and the anointing in us, and that power is enough. And so if we find ourselves habitually going back into there somewhere, we're not tapping into that power. And often the reason that we don't tap into that power is because we have unhealed emotions going on. We have deeper things going on. We may feel, I just, I just made a, a very, um, just a, a small list. Maybe we feel like, oh, we're not good enough. We could never measure up. You know, when, when we have those kind of emotions going on, those kind of feelings, and, and then, well, I'm not good enough. Maybe it's because of what somebody has told you. You'll never amount to anything. Or I'm just not good. I could never measure up to my friend. Often, if those are the emotions that are not healed yet in our heart, then we go to these things to find fulfillment. So my encouragement is, Find healing in Christ for the emotions and you watch the secret sins disappear because you're going to the source of life and power for healing. And as we're healed, that power overtakes our life. Yeah. Wow, it's a beautiful thing. Maybe another one. We feel controlled by people or we feel all alone. We feel like we're the only one in this. We just Nobody cares about me. Poor little me. Those unhealed emotions can, maybe we feel misunderstood or maybe there's unfulfillment in our marriage and those kind of things tend to drive us. So my encouragement is, while we may look at this as an issue, let's look deeper than the surface things. Those are our go-to. Why did I, before I was saved, why did I go into drugs? Why did I go into alcohol? Why did I go down that road because I was trying to find fulfillment for life 
and I was looking in the wrong places. But when Jesus came in, I really found what I needed. Really found what I needed. And so it is for all of us. I want to encourage you, if you feel trapped tonight, I've had, you know, I had a, I had a friend some years ago, we were sitting around the table on a Sunday night. We had company over and eating popcorn. Is, is, that, is that a Sunday night thing in Kelowna? Got a thumbs up, hands up, man. Talk about popcorn, hands go up, yeah, yeah. Um, we're sitting around the table eating popcorn, and my friend was telling me about his friend, who I didn't know, I didn't know who he was, but he said, you know, he called him that week, and he was down in the depth of despair. He said, you know, I have victory in every area of my life except one. I just can't find victory, and that was pornography. Just, just couldn't, just couldn't find victory, you know. May I encourage us tonight, if you feel trapped, be encouraged. He can untrap us. Is that proper English? No, my wife says, okay, thank you, guys. They said up here it works, so, honey, I love you, yeah. You know, my wife and I, we, we, we do, she's often sitting in the back when I'm preaching. We do things in signs and wonders. She's back there signing, and I'm up here wandering, but... Um, I'm not trying to make light of that scripture, you understand. But, but, you know, the power of God is enough to untrap us. And oftentimes we feel so trapped, we feel so ashamed, we feel so alone, and then we just keep going there. And eventually there's a power that comes over us that I, I, I'm afraid I can never get. So then, then fear sets in. Let Jesus heal all those emotions in your heart. Let him heal all of that. Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. We can confess pornography until we're blue in the face. But if we don't find deep healing for the aloneness and all those things, we tend to just go back in there. You say, well, how do I find healing? Ask. Just ask. Come into his presence, which is going to be the second secret place we're going to talk about tonight. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. But think about it tonight. Do I feel trapped? May he... Untrap us. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, and as it were, I'm just going to go through a bunch of these scriptures here tonight. You can take notes if you want. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, and as it were, a young lion lurking in secret places. There it is again. You know, a young lioness. You've maybe been to the jungles of Africa. See Leon and his wife sitting here. And, um, or you've watched National Geographic videos. When a lioness is preparing for their next meal, what do they do? Do they just, you know, I don't think we've ever seen a lioness that is preparing for their next meal. They see a gazelle out there. And I don't think you will find a lioness, you know, just out in the open and like, hey, I'm going to get you. No. They're going to do everything they can to secretly... They don't want to be revealed because if they are exposed to their next move, it's going to mess up their plan. So it is when we have these secret things in our life, we do everything we can to try to protect it, to try to not uncover it, because if it's exposed, it's going to mess up our next move. Bring it to the light. Bring it to the light. Moreover, by them, the psalmist said, 
is thy servant warned. In keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults, the psalmist said. Stolen waters are sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depth of hell. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the good and the evil and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove, expose it, bring it to the light. There's hope. There is victory. And it's not his will that any one of us live a defeated life. He wants to heal us, empower us, and set us aflame so that the world will see who he is. Let's not stay stuck. Let him unstuck us. Good night. I'm using all kinds of words tonight. Unstick us. Unstuck us. <laughs> She's really shaking her head back there. But it works, right, uh, Ellis? It, it works. Great. It works. But think about it. <laughs> Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, expose them. For in the time of trouble, now we're going to, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shift gears. You're going to hear a shift here in, in going from the negative to the positive secret place because we want to end up in a secret place tonight that is such a precious, precious place in Scripture. For in the time of trouble, Psalm 27, verse 5, He shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Can we all say that out loud together tonight? He that... What a secret place. Now, we could close our Bible, close the service. We could say, let's all go and dwell in the secret place of the Most High. How do we do it? Well, I am so grateful. I am so grateful that Jesus himself taught us what this should look like. Go to Matthew chapter 6. I would like for you to turn there. Because we're going to spend most of the rest of our time there. Matthew chapter 6, a verse that has literally changed my life. And is continuing to change my life. But in Matthew 6 verse 6, here's what it says. Jesus was teaching on praying here. Verse 5, he's you know saying, hey, when you pray, you know, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are and... They love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners and the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, you know, they have their reward. But then in verse 6, here's what he said. But thou, when thou prayest, you enter into your, thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in, what's the next word? Secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, you know, I don't consider myself a teacher. I, I love to preach the word, but, you know, I, I marvel at somebody with, with just, that has a, has a gift of teaching, and they, you know, they can preach on one verse for 20 minutes and, just, and just, just, just tear it apart. 
However, tonight, I, I do want to do a bit of that in this verse. Just, just looking at it, different parts of this verse. You want to keep revival. This morning we talked about revival. You want to keep revival going? This is such a key. Such a key to keep revival going in our own heart. But Jesus said, but thou, when thou prayest. In the King James, at least, he didn't say, now, if you decide to pray, but thou, when you pray. So as a child of God, I trust all of us are, as a child of God, it is expected for us to be people that pray. It's an expectation. But thou, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. Then he goes on to instruct us very specifically where to go. He says this, you enter into your closet or inner chamber. What does that mean? You enter into your closet. You enter into the inner chamber and, you know, we could look at that word closet, isolated place. When you look at the closet, you know, I don't believe it means ladies removing all those shoes <laughs> or men. <laughs> now, if that's your place, so be it. Do you, any, any of you ever watched the War Room movie? Okay, a lot of us. I, I, let, 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 let me just say, okay, I, I, call, I call those guys, those Kendrick brothers, I call them the Georgia boys. And, and, and any time that I hear they're putting, I mean, they have just, they don't pay me to advertise. I, I'm just telling you, the, when I hear the, the, the um, what do you call it, the, the testimony or the, the background of what they go through to produce these movies. Like the, 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 the incredible level of praying and seeking the heart of God and, and just the, the emphasis on all of that, no matter which one. I mean, you can... You can tell why they produce what they do. I mean, it covers so much of life in all of their films. And then the blessing is this stuff goes big screen all over the world. Wow, it's amazing. But I remember when I, when I, when I heard about War Room, I was like, I wonder what this is about. And then one day I came across the trailer before it was out. And, it, and, I, and I clicked on it. I was like, I want, I want to see the trailer. And one of the first things that popped Matthew 6, verse 6. I'm like, are you kidding me? I've been preaching on this verse for years. They're actually going to take this and make a movie out of it. And it's going to go all over the world. I mean, I was pumped. It's okay to use that kind of language. Yo, great. Hallelujah. Man, I was pumped. I mean, Matthew 6. I mean, you talk about war room. And then for those of us who watch, I mean, I, I could watch that movie. I haven't watched it for probably a year or two, but I mean, I could just watch it over. And, and every, every time I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there just bawling, you know, just, just weeping and just crying because it's so precious. But in that movie, that lady, remember how she just cleaned out her closet? I mean, she just, she just emptied that thing. I mean, it was, it was a real deal. It was a real deal. You want to find victory in your life? Yes. This secret place. Power. Anointing. You know, 
Oswald Chambers said, good can be the enemy of the best. You know, my greatest competitor, can I be this honest with you? My greatest competitor to establish this second secret place is what I'm doing right now. You know, ministry and preaching, it's a good thing. But if I don't have this, this will not be effective. It won't be. It's one of the greatest competitors. There's times when I just need to stop. Um, this just happened. I'll just share it with you. About a week ago, well, the last several months, our schedule, schedules are tough, tight sometimes. And I, I wouldn't be honest if I would just tell you, you know, every, every, every morning I, I, I'm, just, I'm just in this prayer closet and, 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 and shutting the door. And, and we'll, we'll get into more of that. But um, it doesn't happen every day. But I know when I'm away from it too long. I get kind of kind of dry up. Yes, I'm praying. Yes, I'm in tune with God. Yes, I'm last couple months our schedule has just been one place to the next and it was it was difficult for me to to just lock in. Now on Christmas Eve, we had a service at our home church. Instead of it was Friday night, um, Christmas was Saturday, so we had a Christmas Eve instead of Sunday morning. Because a lot of our people were gone anyway. And just a few days before that, we just returned. I had taken a couple of my boys in another group on a tour um, with the bus. And we had just gotten home. And, and through that, the person, the leader of that group was paying us to use the sound system. We used our sound system. And he came up to help on the worship team. He came up from Seneca, South Carolina, and helped on the worship team that night. And he gave my son Eugene $1,000 cash for the use of the sound system. You're probably wondering, how does this tie in with Matthew 6, Matthew 6 verse 6? Well, I'm, I'm getting there. He gave him $1,000 cash for the use of the sound system. We were home after church. We had an early service. Our daughter and her husband were there, and we were going to do our Christmas Eve traditions, and we had things going. Eugene came home later because he was doing some stuff with the sound. And so he came home a little bit later, and he, just, he walked in the door, and he just, he just hands me this cash. I said, man, thank you. God bless you. A lot of stuff going on. Anyway, this was Christmas Eve. The next day, Christmas Day evening, we headed out on tour for Florida. A lot of stuff going on. We came home about a week later, and all of a sudden it was like, uh, where's that cash? And I had absolutely no memory of where that cash is. And I'm already processing how am I going to come up with it, because it's not mine anyway. It's, it belonged to the ministry. Of course, all week long, I would literally wake up in the morning and I would be asking God, God, just reveal it to me. I, have, I mean, we looked everywhere. Every place I would typically put that. And it was not there. It was not there. And I said, Lord, 
And, and this was just kind of on the go. I would be praying this. Lord, just, just show. I would wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm waiting for the revelation. <laughs> that, that, that's how I was praying. <laughs> Did I look in the closet? <laughs> Good question, Henry. Good question, Henry. I, mean, I, I, just, I just looked everywhere. Well, would have been last, I lose track of time, but last Saturday morning, I think it was, I was at home, and we were finally at home on a weekend. Saturday morning, I didn't have a lot planned that day, and I was on my recliner reading, and, and I, was, I was praying about this. And then the Lord, the Lord spoke to me about this. He said, you know what? I began to reflect back, when was the last time in the last several months that I had this just closet, I call it closet life, just locking in, just locking in with him. Nobody else around, just, just locking in with him and connecting with him. Even though I was praying and didn't feel out of touch with God at all, but just that, just that intimate closet life. And it was a while. The Lord just spoke to me and said, now. Usually my place is, we have our bus park right outside the house. Usually that's my place, except in the wintertime, we don't keep the heat up to comfortable temperature, just enough to keep uh, a little bit of the chill off. So I don't go out there in the wintertime, but in the summertime, I often do. But that morning, the Lord just took me into our bedroom, and I, I shut the door, just shut the door. And I began to lock in with him. And as I was praying, it wasn't just about the $1,000, believe me, but that was included. That was included. And I came out of that. Within five minutes, the Lord revealed to me, check your, I began to reflect back. And I'd done some of this before, but I, I, I didn't have a specific revelation. But that morning, it was like, what were you wearing that night? I began to think back. And now that I think about it, I was wearing this coat at the Christmas Eve service. I got out of prayer, and the Lord said, check that coat pocket. Which the only time I ever put in this coat pocket anything is if we're in a service and somebody hands me something like an envelope, I will do that. And as soon as I get out in the bus, I have a place where I put it. But otherwise, I don't put stuff in there. I went in the closet, <laughs> and my coat wasn't there. So I thought, oh, I already have it out in the bus. So I go out in the bus closet, and I found this coat in the garment bag, and I reached in this pocket, and I felt cash. Yes! Now, my heart is not set on money. <laughs> Understand that. And I pulled that thing out, and there was that thousand. The point is not the money. Now, it was a huge relief to me. The point is not the money. The point was God wanted me to refresh this in my life, this closet life we're talking about. Yeah, that, 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 that's what he was at. He could have revealed that way earlier. 
He would have had the power to do it. I was asking. I was praying. I was seeking the Lord. But the Lord wanted me to see the importance of this, locking in with him. Even though the Bible says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. You can, pray, you can be praying when you're driving. You can be uh, going on prayer walks. You can be praying when you're doing carpentry work, when you're cooking, when you, whatever. But all of those things, you're subconsciously aware of what you're doing. If not, you get in trouble. I, I, I pray a lot when I drive. But I still got to watch the road or I end up at places I don't want to. Subconsciously being aware of what's around us. This is a different kind of praying. This is like locking in, like, like shutting the door. I don't have a door close by. You know, those of you who have been in and out of prison, I, I, I often think of this. When you go, they, they have different styles of doors, you know, but it, it, some are sliding, some are swinging. But in either case, they're often these thick, heavy, wrought iron doors. Like, uh, and, and especially the swinging ones, when they, when, when, they, when they, you know, that latch releases and then it opens up, you go back and they close that thing behind you. It gives that clang. That wasn't really good, was it, Leon? I mean, it's so-so. But I, I, I kind of get this feeling like I'm in here. That, that's the feeling I get. I'm in here. You hope that thing doesn't malfunction two hours later. But I, I, I kind of get this feeling, I'm in here. So Jesus said, not only do you enter into the closet, but when thou hast shut the door. So that tells me isolation. Completely separated. If I could, if there was a door right here, and I would go in behind here and shut the door because of this, you could still hear me, but you couldn't see me. I'm, I'm isolated from you. So Jesus is saying, establish a place and shut the door and lock in. Lock in. Isolation. Inner chamber. Get alone with me. Wow, you talk about a secret place that's worth establishing. Wow. Wow. And thy father... Pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You know, I wonder, Pastor Dwight, what would happen if every person at Gospel Light and or whatever church you represent here tonight, can you imagine coming to a church leadership meeting where every individual prior to coming to this meeting has this. You think about it. See, I long to see the day when we come to church to give, and I'm not talking finances, but when we come to church to give rather than to receive. This will establish that. I long to see the day where every man and every woman has this prayer closet established where we're, where we're on a regular basis. You know, let me, let me ask this. Did you ever leave your church on Sunday morning and say, no, that was a boring service? Don't raise your hand. Your pastor might be here. But you think about it. You ever leave church on a Sunday? Man, I didn't get a thing out of that. I mean, it, I mean the Sunday school was nothing. There was no annoyance. I, I it was just a boring service. And we blame everybody else. You know what it could actually be? It could actually be a reflection of my worship Monday through Saturday. But we blame everybody else. I long to see the day 
where every man and every woman establishes this, where we're in the closet, we're praying, we're in tune with God. The Spirit of God is anointing us. And we're empowered to live in victory there. Now we come to church. Now I'm talking individually, just us and him. And that anointing is flowing in our life, in our marriage, in our families. And, and now all of a sudden on Sunday morning, that attitude, that atmosphere comes together times 100 or 200 or 300. It will change us and our services and our leadership meetings. Because when I have established this, I come to a leadership meeting. What happened to Jesus in the garden when he was praying? He became broken. And what did he say? He acknowledged it was heavy. Lord, if, 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 if there would be any other way, would you pass this cup from me? But here's the key. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I believe that's what happens in this prayer closet. Not my will. So can I come to a meeting, an administration and, and, and a leadership meeting, and, and not my will, but your will be done. That doesn't mean we can't share our opinions. We can't share our thoughts. But how is it shared? How is it shared? In what attitude is it shared? Is it in a, is it in a way that brings life? Is our, our words seasoned with grace? Or is it like, well, listen to me. Well, I don't agree with that. You may not. Think about it. This closet life can change so much. I remember when God began to speak to me about this back soon after we came on with Gospel Express. Late 90s, early 2000s. First year or two, tough years. A lot of change. Closing down headquarters in Lancaster and with a satellite office in the Carolinas. We were not equipped to be headquarters because we weren't set up for it. And our, can I be honest enough that our executive board at that time made decisions that I disagreed with? Can you believe that, Lynn? <laughs> no. Eldon's back there. Yeah, I believe. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I had a choice to make. I had a choice to make. I came so close, I'll just be honest with you, I came so close to running, not from God, but my current circumstances. And I thank God to this day. Instead, he taught me this. That's why it's so precious to me. I remember many mornings on my office floor, face down before God, weeping in His presence, saying, God, I can't do this. You know, it's exactly where God wanted me. I needed to become a broken vessel. God saw it, and others saw it, but I didn't. And I thank God to this day that He taught me, and He's still teaching me, what this looks like. That changed my life. And today, there are more doors open for ministry than we could ever walk through. And I believe it stems back to God showing me what this looks like. Not my will, but your will be done.
How is my closet life? When was the last time that I locked in with Jesus? Shut the door, so to speak. And just lock in with him. Nobody else around. You say, well, I, I, I don't have a place. If it's important enough to us, we're going to find one. If it means hopping in your vehicle and driving down, in this kind of praying stop, though, at some point, pull off, park. If it means that, if it's important enough to us, we're going to find a place. Nobody knows, nobody sees, but you're locking in with Jesus. I often, not always, but I often, I go in my secret place, I will either put headphones on or turn music on depending what devices are around. But I'm just, I'm just going to encourage us. We invest in a lot of stuff. We buy this and we buy this and we buy this. If you don't have a noise-canceling set of headphones, get one. Get one. One of my favorite things is to put headphones on and turn worship music on and just worship Him. Just worship Him. Why? Because we are only as effective in public as we worship and pray in private. Convinced of it. Um, pastor Ben, not Ben Matuka, but another pastor that we got to know over the years over in Kenya. Maybe about seven or eight years ago, we were over there and he arranged, the first time we directly worked with him, and he arranged all these prison services for us. And we would go from one prison to the next, sometimes two and sometimes three a day, just from one place to the next. First one or so, we were, he introduced us and we did preaching and stuff, and then I was getting to know him, he was getting to know us. And this one particular service where God just, just moved in a, in a mighty way, at the end of the service, I asked him to come and to close in prayer. And I handed him the microphone, and he began to pray. Now, this is out in the hot sun, in the dirt, not comfort like we have here tonight, sweat rolling he had a suit and tie on. I mean, he was just decked out. He began to pray. After about 30 seconds, he's down on his knees. Next thing I know, he's all the way down. The only thing separating his nose from the dirt was the microphone. All of a sudden, it was just like, I began to weep. Just weep. The presence of God. So real in that place. He was hosting the presence. I began to weep. I looked back. Our staff was sitting, about eight or ten of back there, and they're pulling out handkerchiefs and wiping tears. And precious, precious. It was one of those services after an hour later or so where we drove away and 
tired, hot, sweaty, dirty, filthy. But in your spirit, it was like, Lord, what just happened is one of those. I did not ask him. But I know without a shadow of a doubt. God was rewarding him openly that day. Therefore, he had a secret life that we did not know about. And that secret life was locking in with Jesus when we're not around. Because God was rewarding him openly, publicly. I'm convinced of it. We're only as effective in public. We worship and pray in private. How is my closet life right now? When was the last time? When was the last time? But I intentionally locked in. Just locked in. How's it been? Invitation in a moment will be, Lord, would you help me to establish it? Or Lord, like he took me last Saturday morning, renew it. I just... In that bedroom, I said, Lord, renew it in my spirit. Renew it in my heart. Renew it in my heart. I've been too busy. Been too busy. So many of us, we just pray on the run instead of running to prayer. Yeah. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. This second secret place is the place that will empower us, anoint us, heal us. All of that. So that we don't have to feel stuck in the first secret place. So, Lord, help me to establish it or, Lord, renew it in my heart. That will be the invitation tonight. Can we stand together? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.